the homily for the Immaculate Conception. At the dawn of her life, the Virgin Mary was created, conceived, made pure and clean and perfect. This is what the dogma of the Immaculate Conception teaches us. The Immaculate Conception is a privilege. It's a privilege, the greatest ever given until that point to any human creature, and a privilege that came out of pure love. I say that it came out of pure love, because it is not a privilege that the Virgin Mary did anything to deserve. She couldn't have deserved it, because she didn't exist. And so this privilege is given entirely out of the goodness of God, entirely out of a love of predilection, entirely as an act of God choosing the Virgin Mary as his beloved one. Let no one think that I make injury to the Mother of God. For if there is anything that the Virgin Mary loves, it is that glory be given to God. And the best way to please her is to recognize with her how loving was the hand of God to her when she received this blessing. Some revelations say that the Virgin Mary was conceived and by a special miracle that her body was formed at an advanced stage of growth in order that she could be able to use, the, to use reason from the very beginning in order for her to immediately thank God, to immediately love God from the very first instant of her crea creation. And it was fitting that she could do so. For this was such a great privilege. Yes, no one is obliged to believe that as a matter of faith. Yet, it seems fitting to me. And we cannot doubt that she certainly thanked God from the first moment she could think. Now, my dear friends, do you want to know what went through her head? Listen to her own words. She says, Magnificat anima mea dominum. Her soul immediately glorified God. It immediately pleased God. It was from the very first instant an immediate fire of glory. Our Blessed Mother was an altar that God made for Himself, an altar where the divine fire, a divine sacrifice, would start burning from the first instant and would burn continuously. From the, moment of her, the first moment of her existence till all eternity. And so she could truly say that her soul magnified, glorified the Lord. Et exultavit spiritus meos in Deo salutari meo. And my spirit has, hath rejoiced in God my Savior. This fire burning that was burning on that altar was the spirit of the Virgin Mary, the spirit that rose continuously to God. From the first moment she says it herself, she herself says that she was saved. The Protestants argue that by believing her to be immaculate, that we insult Christ, because that would mean that she did not need salvation. But it is not so. She says it herself, she was saved. Not only that, she was the first one saved, and the most generously saved. Because, 
As St. Teresa of the Child Jesus says, It is a great mercy to bring a sinner out of sin. Yes. But it is an even greater mercy, without comparison, to spare a soul entirely of sin, as our Blessed Mother was. And so she was saved, and not only that, she was the most saved, you could say. Then she says, Because he had regarded the humility of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. And it is here she says it. She says that the love that God has given her is a love of predilection. He had regarded the humility of his handmaid. He has seen me. That is to say, she was loved before being able to love. She was seen before she even existed. She was made beautiful and perfect. As if a husband could make his wife, he would make her beautiful and perfect. In that way, God chose her, made her, designed her. And that's why all generations shall call her blessed. All generations shall call her happy, beloved, pure, beautiful. But don't be deceived. The privileges that were given to her are not just for her. She is the first to receive them, yes, but she is the beginning. She is the fountain, a fountain that is still empty, but where one day the spring of grace will come out, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so all the beauty of this fountain, all the beautiful things that there are in her soul, are for one purpose, so that she may help grace to flow to all generations, to all those that will call her blessed. And then she says, For he that is mighty, mighty, hath done great things to me, and holy is his name. Here you can see that our Blessed Mother knew what a great miracle had been brought on her. If God had dried up all the waters to save her, all the waters of the oceans to save her, it wouldn't have been as great as God sparing her from the flood of sin. If God had created a castle of diamonds and pearls for her, to protect her, it wouldn't have been as beautiful as her soul was, filled with grace. If God had battled himself all the demons and Satan himself to protect and guard her, it would have been no different than him promising to die on the cross to spare her from sin. The hand of God was not as mighty when he opened the Red Sea for the Hebrews, or when he stopped the sun for Joshua, or when he annihilated armies of the enemies for the people of Israel, or when he thundered from Mount Sinai. Compared to this miracle, all the other ones pale, because here sanctity was made. Sanctity was given. Perfect sanctity, which the earth had never seen, sanctity which would never fail, sanctity which would never be broken or stained, or even diminished. And so, my dear friends, we could continue with the whole of Our Lady's Prayer, Our Lady's Prayer by Excellence, the Magnificat. But I know that perhaps you have little time, since the world does not spare us today, many of you have to go to work. 
But let us finish with this consideration. These are not just poetic dreams or attempts at high wording, my dear friends. To praise the Virgin Mary is a duty. If there was a school, a class, about how to praise the Virgin Mary, it would be well a, a good use. Because by praising her, we praise the works, the majesty, the power, the mercy of God. If we try to see God, we cannot see him, not on this earth. So we cannot see the artist that made her. But we can see the work of art. We can see how she is. We can see her prerogatives. And so by seeing her, we can understand the heart of God. By seeing her, we can understand the mind of the artist. So today, my dear friends, as we continue with Mass, let us ask God that has molded her, that he may mold us as well. Let us ask God that as he spared her from sin, he may also spare us from sinning ever again. And in the same way that he made her clean from the beginning, that we may be brought back to that cleanliness of baptismal purity, we who have stained our robes. Let us then today leave the church with admiration for the wonder that she is, filled our hearts with desire to learn how to praise her. Let us leave the church with confidence in her protection, because she defeated Satan when she was a baby, so she can teach us how to defeat him now that she reigns in heaven. Let us leave the church today with our souls burning in fire for love of her, because our life came from her. Our beauty came from her. Our forgiveness, the forgiveness of our sins, came from her. Our happiness comes from her. And our eternal life will come to us as we expect through her. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.